0: And welcome to Illumination Bureau, a podcast where we will lighten you of all the hidden stuff you don't know about careers in creative. This is Catherine Klein
1: and Kristen Harris, and we will be your hosts. We are the co-creators of Portfolio Creative, a company that connects creative people in the marketing and advertising space. We've been doing this work since two thousand five and have learned a lot of things that we want to share with you.
0: We have so much to tell you, so let's get started.
1: So, Catherine, yes. Are you a planner?
0: Oh, my Lord. I plan everything. Everything <laughs> it is my gift and it is my curse. <laughs>
1: so today we have a topic that relates a lot to planning mm-hmm. because it's about making a really big decision and change.
0: Right. And it, it can be compared to in some ways of getting a new job, but it's actually... A little more adventurous than that,
1: yeah. So taking that leap into freelancing mm-hmm. and, and really freelancing full time is right. what I think we're right. talking about.
0: Um, and it could also be, you know, if you decide that this is officially me starting my business, it's it's essentially the same thing when you really think about it.
1: Yeah, when you're a freelancer, you're just a business of one, exactly. but you're still a business,
0: a solopreneur, as that's I like right. to call it now. <laughs> and yeah, there's a lot of planning that's involved in that. Um, I w- will start by saying that. Um, this field, the creative industry, has uh, a lot of freelancers going around. It's probably most notorious for having freelancers, and it's very commonplace. So it's not like you just suddenly decide, I'm a freelancer, and nobody has absolutely any idea what you're talking about. I mean, people really understand it. It's it's part of the creative life. And that's at least the first hurdle that you get to cross over, and that you, know, it's, you don't have to really explain this to a lot of people. <laughs> they, they really understand what that is. Um, yeah.
1: And it's, um, it's a certain kind of a mindset too. Like you said, it's, it's a business. Mm-hmm. Like you're not just doing the work for someone else and on their schedule and being given the projects that they brought in. You're now generating all of that yourself, exactly. the work and the needs and the clients and the invoices. Everything. (laughs) Everything. You are now
0: in charge of everything. And for me, that was always a fairly comfortable space. Um, I always was never, I was never really sure if I was a better employee or a better freelancer or business owner. Um, I'm going to say the latter (laughs) at this point since we've been doing this for so long. Um, And I've really loved it. Um, But yeah, I did have to start somewhere. And so I will speak to my experiences and your results may vary. But uh, for me, because I was in the creative industry, I did start by just taking small projects and working a full-time job. Um, it worked out really well, just in that I saw it as, I'm making extra money, or I'm helping my friend make a logo, or, or things like that, and you would just start charging people kind of as you go, and um, it, it just really just started falling into place where you start getting more and more and more jobs, and then if you're in a position, like I was on multiple occasions, where I was kind of bored with the job I had I would just freelance for a while
1: yes yeah, so because you always did some work in between do you think that made it easier to sort of ramp it up and down
0: it I would say yes um, the one thing I'm going to preface all of this by saying it is um, a step you take if you kind of have the stomach for because you just use the word up, words up and down, and that's exactly what it's like. It is like a big, long roller coaster ride. You panic when you're busy, and you panic when you have no work, so you're in a constant state of panic, but <laughs> if you kind of uh, are driven by that, which I kind of was, um, uh, my mission was just to make sure I had enough to pay my rent and you know feed myself and things like that, so that part made it easy i knew what i had to make to survive basically um, and i could take the time off or at least i tried to take the time off and relax when i didn't have a lot of work but you're you're just it's just a constant you're constantly feeding the machine if you will um just to keep things busy but as far as planning goes one of the first things that i did I'll just kind of get these things sort of ramped up is um i did contact um temporary staffing companies that did specialize in creative um, Back in the day, when I first started freelancing, there were not a whole lot, <laughs> there were none. There were no creative companies. I'll just just be blunt and say that. Um, so I was reaching out to other staffing companies that specialize in office talent, but it was usually the typewriter, administrative person. People answer the phones, things like that. That was the temporary work that was out there, and that kind of was a bust <laughs> for, for me um, until some more uh, companies opened up that, did specialize in that. But if you're in this industry, that'd be like one of the first things I do. And I'll, and I will tell you why it's not that's just because that's what we do, but um, it's good to have other people looking for you. So we've talked about having contacts in previous um, podcasts So start with having other people help you find work.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that. So, I mean, in so many ways, we said it's a business. So a big piece of it's business development, right? Like you have to go sell yourself and get clients. Mm -hmm. Of course you can do the work. Like that's what you already know how to do. But how do you get started? Like how do you actually go sell?
0: Yeah. And for me, it was kind of fun um, because I would uh, just at at this time just get out – well I guess you can look on the web now, I used you know, other means to find random clients throughout the country to find work. Um, so I did not just stick locally if I had a specialization and in that, at that time when I was doing so, uh, some work, you know, it was illustration, it was patterning, um, it was basic graphic design and I just reached out to a lot of companies that did that and see, just asked if they had work.
1: Yeah. So how, I mean, obviously you use different methods maybe then, but how did you approach that? Did you have to identify like the right contacts and send your portfolio or like really how could someone start to develop some business for themselves?
0: Well, that was exactly it. I mean, in, in some instances you could look on job boards and see that we're looking for a designer to produce A project and they are were definitely out there in some cases I was kind of chasing companies that I wanted to work for I would look up and see who the creative director was send them a resume perhaps um, and then some samples and then perhaps follow follow it up with a phone call or something later and just have them show my work here's what I do here's how I can help you and um, if you ever have any need here's how to get a hold of me and so that response is always not always immediate but you know, on occasion, I would get a response, and I'm curious for because uh, most of your career, you've been on the re- that receiving end of yeah. having things come <laughs> in. So, what were your thoughts on that? What was a good pitch piece, I guess, for you?
1: Oh, that's a really great question. I think. Um, well, I can tell you, what I hated. <laughs> <laughs> I hate things that were like just too clever. Like, don't make my name into a Campbell soup can or something. <laughs> I, I hate stuff like that. I really liked it when people sent me a few samples that I could keep. For when we would have a need, so I had a giant file drawer of you know freelancers of all different skills and and different things that they did that we could reference. Um, actually, one thing that was really challenging was having time to sort through and meet with all of those people and and honestly, <laughs> you know was one of the reasons that the idea for this business <laughs> popped into my head, you know, many times was because of that. I think it can be really daunting when you're the art director, the creative director, and you need people when you need them, but you don't when you don't. Mm -hmm. So you're super busy trying to get all your work done. You don't really have time to meet people just in case you might want to use them eventually. Right. But then when you need them, you want to call them and have them say, yes, I'll come in tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, you know, it's kind of an up and down. But um, to answer your question, I just think having some nice way of preve- presenting a few of your samples that that person can keep on hand, whether it's electronic or physical or whatever, because they, p- it's all timing, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, p- the likelihood they need somebody right now and we're just, you know, hoping you would show up or is slim, but next week they might. And they're like, who was that person who did those really nice packages mm-hmm. or whatever they could flip through. Ah, here it
0: is. And what if they sent you samples that they've created for the company that you work with, Kristen?
1: Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't care for that either. <laughs> I knew that it's was the case. Too, it's just too hard. When you work inside a company, you know so much about it. I mean, it's what you do all day, every day, and it's just too hard for someone who's on the outside, even if they've done research. And I, I always appreciate the effort, but it always falls a little flat. I think I always you feel know? like you
0: look at it and you're like, "Well, you did it wrong."
1: Yeah, or like, <laughs> so we wouldn't use that a negative feeling. Yeah, like we wouldn't use that. I, w- I would rather you do a sample for a brand that isn't ours. Like yeah. if you're doing a spec sample, I'd rather you pick a brand that's not mine than mine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the thing to keep in mind too, is much like when you're looking for a job as well, is your job now is to find work. And so don't, you know, fall you know, sell yourself short for one of, as far as getting out there and, and selling yourself, but it, it is a constant battle and game, you know, work on some things, but then you have to make sure you set out some samples. Work yeah. on your projects, send out some more samples, make some phone calls, um, go to a networking event. But it, it, you're constantly getting yourself out there and constantly selling yourself to get more work.
1: Yes, I think that's a great point because, it, you know, back to that, it is a business. You may be just you, but it is a business mm-hmm. and you have to constantly be looking at what you're going to work on next. You're working on this project today, right. where you're going to work on next and next, and always developing business, right. which, again, does not not um to tout us, but uh, is a lot of why companies like ours exist, mm-hmm. because it's very hard to do that. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to be doing the work and looking for more work yes. while you're, you know, trying to wrap up the work you're doing. And so, um, and a lot of people just don't enjoy that part either. Right. Like, they just... They don't have just the, bring me the work. I don't yeah w- DNA don't for it. They just want to, to do the work. Get it myself. They don't want to go to networking events and exactly try to you know have client presentation meetings and all of these things. So um, I think figuring out what works best for you is mm-hmm. most important. Sometimes it's working through a firm or having a rep or doing it yourself. You know it, there are many ways to to get business, but I guess just one of the biggest things I think is important if someone's thinking about taking that leap is knowing you have to know how you're going to get business. Like don't yeah. just be like, well, I'm sure it will somehow magically fall <laughs> just my lap. organically grow. <laughs> yes. You'll get some referrals and you'll get some, if you do a great job, you'll get more and more and that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But have a, a plan of how you will pursue business right. and don't just, you know, hope it comes your way. If it does great yeah. and you don't have to do the other stuff, but, um, I think sometimes people have like a client and they're just like, oh, I'm sure I'll just get more. And then they they don't and it gets very stressful. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the roller coaster is real.
0: And (laughs) it's not just me that would have this problem because I I did um, until I started correcting that is where you are just so into a project, you got it and then you turn it in and then you're like, okay, I have not been looking for anything else. <laughs> yes. um, so that at that point, it was really great for me to call a company, you know, like the one we have now that, and, and essentially say, okay, I could do some work. And you knew they would have something like right away mm-hmm. for me to do, which was great. I could do that for two weeks and there's been a couple where I worked for months at a place, which was also nice because then I didn't have to work at finding work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could just, you yeah. know, report somewhere and get paid a, a freelance salary and that was a lot of fun. Um, so it was kind of nice to take little breaks Mm -hmm. that way too, but, um, ultimately, you know, you have to be your, your best salesperson. I mean, I got a fair amount of business on my own, um, once I started getting, especially in the rhythm of it. Um, the next step of that though, of course, would be, um, setting up your little office space as well to make sure you have everything to work from home. Um, the one thing that I remember, starting my business is that I absolutely positively had to have a fax machine <laughs> <laughs> and nobody uses that anymore. And there was, um, a lot of things that, you know, kind of developed over the years that I'm not going to get into because that really does date myself. Um, but even when we started this business, the internet was not that big of a mm-hmm. deal either, you know, it was just something that people were still, I mean, they used it for email and that was really about it. Um, But anyway, make sure you have a little office set up. It's all yours. That way, if um, you are working from home, you are self-sufficient. You're not using their copiers. You're not using their computers. If you're choosing to be a freelancer that goes on site only, I mean, that's definitely, you know, you don't have to worry about any of that um, for the most part. But you should have at least a little something at home where perhaps you could email out um, invoices and things like that. You should work on those at home for sure. And um, make sure that you stay on top of those. I know many people who get really behind or they forget to send out their invoices. I don't know if it's because they love the work so much or, <laughs> or what. But um, it's. I always find it a little fun to calculate how much money I made that week.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I, yeah. for
0: that, I would recommend QuickBooks. That's what we started with. We're still working with mm-hmm. it. It's a wonderful, easy-to-use, um, uh, what do you call that, office tool? yeah
1: financial tool and yeah there's like fresh books there's other little mm-hmm. you know there's some oh, that are really some, catering yeah. to like that's freelancers true. which true. is nice some new ones that have popped up and yeah like that's a great point of again you're running a business so you're developing business you're doing the work and then you're also like the back office right <laughs> like you have right. to track your hours or however you've bid your job maybe it's you know a, a project fee or whatever you have to get your invoices mm-hmm. out you have to Fill out follow your forms. yeah follow up on the invoice if somebody's paying late and i think the more that you can give yourself systems to do that using software and just you know kind of processes mm-hmm. to keep it really simple cuz that stuff can get really complicated like way more complicated than it actually needs to be right but you know, just think about any company has some sort of a process to invoice their clients and pay their bills and do all these things. You need one, too. Yes. It, keep it simple, but but have something. Don't right. just be like, oh, I haven't invoice to anybody for weeks maybe I should do that yeah. like it's like every Sunday I do my invoices or however you you want to do it Yeah,
0: get into a routine of, of doing that and maybe you pick a couple of days like you know Monday Wednesday Friday I'm doing nothing but look for clients and then the rest of the day the rest of the week I can work on projects but you know set aside time for that set aside time to do your invoicing for follow-up for anything you do, like working on your website if you need to um tweak that and things like that and actually since I use the word buzzword website um Yeah, get that together, too. There's another to-do for you out there. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, because you're marketing yourself, too. Just still on that office thing, um, the other thing that people sometimes don't think about are, like, contracts, and, you know, Mm -hmm. you need some forms and contracts and things. And there's, I mean, usually you can find something online, or if you have a friend who's a freelancer, they probably have one, or... an attorney can easily, you know, put something together from a template they already have, but definitely make sure you have an agreement between you and your client Mm -hmm. or you and any sub-vendor you're going to use on the project. And, you know, there, I think sometimes people scoff at, like the attorneys, the, you know, Mm -hmm. the legality or whatever, but really you're just trying to clarify what everyone's responsible for, who owns what, Mm -hmm. and what happens if said person does not do what they said they would. I mean, that's really all you're laying out. So it can be fairly simple, but definitely have agreements and definitely hold people to them. One thing I think is so interesting, and I will say I hear it more from women, but men probably do it too, um, where people won't stick to the terms of their own agreement. Your agreement says, you know, this size deposit or this much do up front or this amount you owe me or whatever, and people start to get really um, wishy-washy about it, and I think partially like they want more business. Mm-hmm. They don't want to burn a bridge. They, you know, they want to seem accommodating and, and a person you want to work with. And I think partially it's it's one of the challenges of being the business of one. Like on our team, we can have someone that we sort of assign to be like, you go call the client and tell them <laughs> they owe <laughs> us money, right. and it doesn't have to be the same person that is like helpful and finding them a new you know designer or whatever those don't have to be the same person when you're the business of one you have to be like the friendly person who's trying to sell them on using them again doing their work and remind them that they owe you money yeah it it does get tricky but um just i just say like follow the terms of wherever you laid out in your agreement if that's what you all agreed to Mm -hmm. they signed off on it there really shouldn't be any question like if they're coming back and trying to pay you less or do something Mm -hmm. different i would just you know, nicely forward that along and ask them if there's some confusion about the terms right. you agree this to. Is what we
0: agree to. <laughs> yeah, if some people, I know, get a little hung up with the term contract or agreement, just write down the expectations. A yeah, proposal. A proposal. But
1: have them sign off on it. Have them yes. agree, yes, this is what we both agree to. And that could be just an email or... A signature or mm-hmm. whatever, but just make sure the other party is on board.
0: Something back, just to show back as evidence that this is what was talked about. Mm-hmm. And in, in all fairness, to a certain degree, um, some people forget, or they yeah. they might be like, "Well, I don't know if I would have agreed to that." Well, you know what you did. Yeah. And if it's <laughs> if it's written down, it's really hard to argue. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to, yeah, to kind of protect yourself. And if anything, I mean, it's it, you can kind of keep it. I think on more friendly terms if you just refer to it as. This is what we agreed to. This was the expectation. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to start until I get my check. Or, and you might think it's going to go away. And you know what? Maybe it does. But the fact that they won't stick to the agreement should be a bit of a red flag for you.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think everyone has had those experiences where you had that little gut feeling of like, I don't know about this person. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're going to pay me. I don't know if, you know, you're not sure. I feel like nine out of ten, ten times for me it turned out to be true. Like my little voice in the back of my head was right. And if I didn't listen to it, yeah, I should have. It was right.
0: (laughs) You have the satisfaction of knowing you were right. But that's about it. (laughs) I knew
1: it. But you know, Um, you did get paid for your work or whatever. Um, So yeah, that, that can be frustrating. And that's not to say if something goes awry with the project or, you know, the timeline got really off mm-hmm. or, or whatever if there's an issue you can negotiate you can work with your client and, and sort out something you're both happy with we're not saying like be hardcore like no says this, this on is the what paper we agree you. To, yes but by and large i just see people not even holding to the terms of what they set out and the client is perfectly happy oh, yeah. they're not complaining i'll pay
0: less sure <laughs>
1: yeah like but they would pay what you asked mm-hmm. like they're not complaining they're not asking to pay less but somehow you're giving them a deal right (laughs) don't do that (laughs) yeah don't
0: give them a deal before they ask for it at least especially i should say yeah yeah um but yeah if something does go awry communication breaks down that's another one too that sometimes happens you know you you're what you thought they wanted they didn't want or the other way around Mm -hmm. um making sure that's really clear in a in an agreement is is huge um but if it does you can then talk about okay well yes you were right with this so so i'll mark off this much money or whatever. Or, or sometimes maybe you just wait for them to ask for that. You know, you don't have to, oh, it doesn't always have to be a
1: you don't have giving to offer. money back
0: thing. You don't yeah. have to offer. Maybe there's something yeah. else you can do to kind of rectify it.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times it might be just, um, just helping them get what they wanted mm-hmm. at the end. Cause really they probably wanted the thing more right. than, you know, than they were fight. willing to spend the money. <laughs> they wanted, you know, wherever they needed yeah. done. Um, I think another part, and I'm really curious of how you handled this, uh, something that can be really tricky for people, solopreneurs running their own business and mm-hmm. doing everything, wearing all these multiple hats, is just time management. Mm-hmm. So, how did you, how did you break it up? You sort of reference like maybe certain days you do certain kinds of work.
0: Yes, I got myself into a little bit of a routine, and that was me kind of getting to my own head of figuring out um, what jobs needed to be done. And we've talked about this just with even starting a business, you know, and we came up with our business plan. We wrote a job description of every job. That should be a part of portfolio creative. Um, it was the same sort of thing when I did it, but like on like a much much smaller scale. I knew. And that your I, name
1: is on all of them. Um, you get but, all the jobs, but, but you those know jobs which exist. hat. <laughs> like yes. you know, right now I'm wearing this hat. Okay, right. now I'm gonna wear this hat. Yes, okay. and
0: certain days or certain times of day, I you know handle the books. I did the sales, or I did, you know, the, the production, or I, you know, ran the errands or whatever. But I'd like to have a pretty regimented day, and you, and you can be obviously very flexible with that because sometimes you might think, you know, I don't feel like doing that right now, so I'm going to push that to the morning, work on something I want to do right now. But it, always that that uh, the person who is keeping the books has to show up at some point, and the person that is running the errands has to show up at some point. Um, But, I mean, you can work that out into an actual physical calendar if that helps keep you more um, on task. Uh, For me, it was just I got myself into such a routine that I knew what I had to do. You just
1: kind of, oh, it's Monday. I do invoices or whatever. Exactly.
0: Or, you know, maybe during a lunch break or something, I saw a name, and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to send them a quick note, or I'm going to make sure that they get my portfolio, and you could just, you know, deviate a little bit. But, um, yeah, I had each person who was running that company had to – Show up. I at like least that. that you had
1: a bunch of employees. They all That's just looked me. a
0: lot like you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, because it seems to me that it would be easy with all of these things we're talking about that you have to do. We haven't talked about doing the work, mm-hmm. right? Um, you could fill your whole day and not actually have time to to work on the projects you've taken oh, on. Absolutely. So it seems like you almost have to like compartmentalize some of that stuff so it stays in its box. Mm-hmm. Partially so you remember to do it because yeah. you have to do it, but also so it doesn't grow and take over all your time yes
0: and for me i kind of weaved it into like when i would need breaks in my day if i was doing production work um my worst habit was in some cases you know the salesperson would show up when i would have no projects you know so i'd have to wake that beast within and <laughs> say go get some more work <laughs> um you know some of the things that's slow you could catch up with other things and that even happens today when we we do stuff you know we catch up with things we've been putting off and maybe it's updating your website or your your portfolio or your resume or something until you know somebody does finally show up otherwise you you'll go a little bit crazy and and being in the business of marketing advertising that was of course my favorite part you know just advertising and marketing myself um, if you're not comfortable with that I suggest that you do get comfortable with it, <laughs> because um, you can't um as much as people are timid with the fees they're even sometimes more timid with selling themselves
1: I think that's true. It's very... Like, it's really easy for me to tell you how great someone mm-hmm. else is. Like, this person's amazing. You're going to love them. But it's very hard for someone to say that about themselves. Oh, exactly. And honestly, sometimes you might be able to put off... Like, if someone does, then you're like, boy, you think a lot of yourself. You know, mm-hmm. what an ego. So it's kind of a funny, fine line to try to do it for yourself. Yes. Um, I think that... Uh, one thing that I think is really interesting, and maybe these kind of things existed when you were freelancing too, but there have been quite a few sort of creative groups and organizations, people that meet up and, and network and know each other around town, and I'm sure in many other places as well, um, that I think maybe you could refer, you know. If you're in a creative group, you're a designer, other people are writers and photographers and videographers and whoever, you get to know each other, you're going to refer business to yes. each other, you're going to bring each other in on jobs. Mm-hmm. Like you're not so much just you and it's not just you saying you're good, other people are saying you're mm-hmm. good and recommending you. Did did you have things like that or is that a newer kind of a ability with the with the, you know, internet and you be able to do meetups and that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah,
0: I'm gonna say it's newer. Um I just would worded it in a way where I felt like I was just providing the maximum amount of help for someone. I talked about the work that I had done in the past, and because I did this, I think I can help you. Um, If I worked for a retail company, I would approach a retail company, say, I did this for this company, and I think I can help you. Mm -hmm. Um, They can really connect with somebody, you know, a potential employer can really connect with you if they feel you're a like person. Um, so trying to find that common ground was how I would get the word about myself. And it was much easier to talk about myself like that. I've done that versus, you know, I'm the greatest person ever, you know? So it, a lot of that self-selling is in the choice of words and the tone. I mean, people immediately think like, I can't say that because it makes me feel, you know, very egotistical, but you're just talking about what you did. Yeah. So like
1: focus on the work and the skills and your projects and your clients and not on you. I mean, obviously you produced it all, but just talk about, the end product, yes. not yourself. Yes,
0: and how it's going to benefit that person. Yeah, yes. it's a,
1: it's just like job hunting, right? It's, I mean, it's exactly I, like unfortunately it's hunting. like job hunting, only you're doing all it all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, but and that was the thing. It, I was always really kind of comfortable with that. So if it makes you nervous, figure out a way that you could present that. Otherwise we can go back to that whole get a rep or work with a staffing company to help you find the work. Um, yeah. Because yeah, uh, there's no shame in that either. We no. all have our strengths, and I have known plenty of amazing artists that just are not good at that other stuff. And you know, find help, delegate, you know? Yeah. And Um, I
1: think you made a good point before. It's not necessarily either or, it's it can be all of the above. Like you worked with a firm for a while Mm -hmm. and you got some of your own clients and then you took a job somewhere for a while. And like these things are not mutually exclusive. You can tap into all of those resources. And I did. Yeah. I did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I stayed very busy as a result of that. Right. I made a fairly good living. I think that's how
1: people who are who successfully make this actually their career. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love to do a little side freelance kind of work. I mean, I think lots of creative people do, but it's a big difference between doing some fun projects. Like you said before, like, Oh, I'm helping my friend or whatever. It's a big difference between that. And like, this is now my job. And for, you know, an indefinite period of time into the future, I'm going to pay all of my bills and make my whole life function on this. It's a, it's a very different Mm -hmm. mindset. And so, um, being able to figure out how to make all those things kind of work for you to keep yourself busy enough to, for it to really be a full-time career, not a stopgap till your next job or not a, it's fun to do on the weekends, but I have a real job. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big difference. And that,
0: the, the wider that net is, the more work you'll get. I mean, that's definitely just the case, but you know, so you might realize that you only want to work on your favorite things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would just say market yourself like that, you yeah. know, it's like, I really don't like um, kerning type, for example. But I love l- working on brands, or the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do both. There's nothing wrong with that. But you might just—it's just not your favorite thing. And that's a little bit of the beauty of being a freelancer, too. You get—you do get to kind of pick and choose your projects.
1: Yeah. So if you s- are a more specific niche, you might have to go broader with where you try to sell mm-hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. you may—you might need nationwide clients, national clients, because you only. Do a very specific thing right? or you may do a broader variety of things and have several local clients because they keep you busy enough with all the different things you do. I guess just thinking about how narrow you want to go. Exactly and then, or
0: how wide. Yeah. And really cater your um, your proposition to them in that way too. If you know a company really uses a lot of this, you know that's the resume and the samples that go out. If they do a lot of illustration, get all your illustration together and just send that. You can always make it a byline that you can do other things too that might be interested, but you know they, they typically, especially a lot of companies that have a lot of drawings or figurines or whatever, constantly need new looks. So if that's your case, go for that. If you just wanna do, all the stuff that everybody hates doing, which in many cases I did that because I, I did like kerning type and I did like <laughs> resizing ads and everybody else hated that. They wanted the big glorious jobs. Um, I kept really busy doing that because nobody <laughs> wanted to do it and they paid me really well to do it because I was good at it too um so you can, i mean you can handle this however you want it could be you know branding one week and curling type the next you know or maybe some light copywriting somewhere in there um that's part of the fun of it too that i really enjoy is that it was it could also be very um very varied yeah
1: know. the variety is mm-hmm. is uh, really fun and challenging very think, appealing especially for great people which is why back to what you said in the beginning i think um it's been a uh, very much the norm and mm-hmm. creative industries for years to, to freelance or work independently.
0: Right. And I will loop back to what I started talking about as far as, you know, marketing yourself too. And I had threw out the, you know, the idea of the website and things like that. Um, you know, sometimes the, the shoemaker's children have no shoes. Um, you need to get your marketing out there and you don't, you can't be the last one. And maybe you're prepping for this while you're still, Um, in another job, you know, you could just be kind of noodling with it, what your logo might look like, you know, what your website might look like, maybe build all that, get it all queued up. And then at any point (laughs) you're ready to pull the trigger and you're at least set to go. You turn everything on and get everything printed and get started. Um, but definitely put your best foot forward on that. You know, websites make a big difference for people as far as who they choose to work on a project. You know, is it easy to navigate? Is it clean? Is it what they're looking for? You know, have it divided up into all the things that you do offer. Like some people will have a button for their illustration, a button for their graphic design, a button for their branding. Um, have all that in there if that's the um, avenue you wish to go.
1: Yeah, and I think um, sort of making it something you can continue cont- Consistently maintain, right? Like don't bite off so much that then it's just a bear to keep up with. You have only a certain amount of time for your marketing person to show up at work. (laughs) (laughs) So like if you're going to do social media, maybe pick one or two channels Mm -hmm. and you say, okay, I'm going to post twice a week, whatever, whatever you pick and then be consistent with Mm -hmm. it. But don't like take on so much that then that your whole job is doing that. You're really just sharing and marketing your own work. You know, it it doesn't have to be complicated. Just like the back-end office stuff. It doesn't have to be complicated. (laughs) You can make it complicated, but you cannot
0: exactly and you can keep it as simple as just designing a business card and a website because those are the things that you're going to be leaving with people you know to yep. a certain respect even if you have samples like physical samples give people the website and here's my card um and that's really all the information they need to get a hold of you I it, think
1: that's all people really need you can to be do more So elaborate
0: before you had to have yeah. like letterhead and you had to have <laughs> all this other stuff yeah but print it, pieces to leave yes behind and yes yeah. but yeah it's So easy right now to do. So so go all in on that. Make it look really, really spectacular. Yes. That might be the first chance to see you and the first chance to remove you from the list. Yes. (laughs) So
1: the thing I have learned today is essentially being a freelancer and starting your own business and making a leap is just like looking for a job every day forever. (laughs) (laughs) And so make sure you enjoy that. (laughs) Yeah. But there is a lot. I mean, it's very similar, but it's more ongoing. Yes. You're doing... Instead of like maybe intensely eight hours a day, you're doing a little bit of it all the time. Mm -hmm. The research and the contacts and the networking and the updating your samples. You need to just keep doing that all along a little bit every week. Yeah. But it's all the same steps.
0: And if you're not sure, I mean, if you're not really sure if you want to go jump both feet in, it's, it's a great way to just test the water, you know, being in the creative industry because you can just start taking on projects. And once you start getting a, just a few more, like, I think I really like this and I think I really wanna just make this my full-time thing. It's also a great thing to fall on if you get laid off or fired. <laughs> you just, just keep on working until you can find something else There's at least there's some income and things like that. But it's, it's a really great thing to do. Like I said, just um, while you have a job, while you don't have a job, while you're between jobs or just as a full-time job. Um, but definitely follow your gut, get yourself ready and get out there and freelance.
1: Thank you so much for joining us at Illumination Bureau. We hope that you have gained something by listening today. Illumination Bureau was brought to you by Portfolio Creative. You can find out more about Portfolio Creative at PortfolioCreative.com. If you have a topic you'd like to hear about, please send us an email at questions at PortfolioCreative.com. Please subscribe and join us next time for more creative career tips.